Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's good to see you all. Thank you. Hi. Oh, God's good, hey? So good. Ah, I love worship. I just love to worship Jesus. Uh, It's so good. I know worship is much more than singing songs. It's a lifestyle. But I love it when we get together and we just worship God together. And I can hear all of you singing and going for it. And there's just something glorious about the anointing that comes when we all are just passionately receiving our, releasing our worship because Jesus is worth it all. And um, it takes your eyes off the problems of the world and lifts your gaze up to the bigness of God. And I I love that. You know, uh, the message of the cross is that Jesus has fused us to himself relationally for all eternity, and we're now seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's the good news. It's not just that we're a slightly better version of ourselves. We are new creations, and we're seated with God in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and we're actually to live from heaven to earth, not the other way around. We're not looking, living on earth trying to get up into heaven. We're already seated with Christ in heavenly places and we're living from heaven too. And so in, in, the, in that realm, it means we're above the demonic. It means we're above principalities and powers and every name that can be named and we're above every situation in, in circumstance uh, and you know, in human experience and we're living from heaven to earth. And it's, it's glorious and we're learning to do that more and more, right? The reality of who we are in Christ, our, is, our experience is catching up with that reality. And that's our hope and our, our, our joy and our, our prayer for each of us. Paul said in Galatians, I think, 4, said that my prayer is that Christ would be formed in you. You know, we know that Christ is in us, but there's something about the, 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 the life of Christ being formed in us. When we get to, and a part of that we get to experience when we worship, so... Thanks for going for it, everybody. We, we, you know, I would still sing here on my own, but it makes it much better with you guys being here. <laughs> well, last week we, were, um, we had Curtis Hines here. It was a great week, uh, weekend with Curtis, and just uh, really charging us um, to, to love really, really well. His message last week was, uh, I think, entitled Living a Questionable, Questionable, that's actually a hard word to say, questionable life. And by that he meant living with love on display to the, to the extent that people ask you, what are you about? Why do you behave that way? Why are you so full of joy? Why do you do what you do? And, and being so full of the love of God that that love overflows out of us and touches everybody around us. And so I hope you've had great fun this week learning to love really, really well. Few of you have. Good. Excellent. The rest of us are catching up. Yes. Um, you know, that, that we're just really to love. You know, Jesus said the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, the, the, the extent that we receive the love of God and we love to live in the love of God, we actually want to see the love of God flow out to everybody around us. And one of the things I love about Curtis, and I heard from a number of people in the community this week, is how there's no pressure. 
You know, sometimes we talk about evangelism and we think it's the big scary E word where we've got to kind of somehow got to go out now and put on a personality that we're not quite sure that we are and be really brave and then just go and bash people over the heads. And, and he was releasing us just to be normal and to love, but to love really, really well. To not love with a gender, to not love with a, a dedicated outcome that we're looking for, but to love well and allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does best, which is to convict people and draw him to himself. And so we're going to spend, I think, probably on and off over the, the next little while, just talking and diving into a little bit more about the love of God and, and reaching others. And uh, I know Ash is going to be preaching in a couple of weeks, and she, she's feeling really stirred about that as well. Um, you know, and, and in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18, uh, the, the, John writes this. He says, By this we know love, that he, Jesus, lay down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And it, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. The reality is love does. To use Bob Goff's phrase, love has action to it. We know the quality of our love by the movement of our love. We know that actually love is a, to be other-centered, not self-centered. And so love, when we, when we demonstrate love by our actions, not just our words. And um, I think it's an important just to sort of frame that as what I'm about to preach on. What I, what I want to preach on this morning is loving people with our words, but I want you to put it in the bigger context of the fact that love isn't just about words, love is about deeds. It, it, love does. There's, there's a dimension of love that, it's, that the quality of love is, that, uh, is demonstrated by our actions and our a willingness to give up of ourselves and to, and to serve others, not ourselves. That being said, the very first thing that God does when he creates Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, we're created in his image. The very first thing that he does is to bless Adam and Eve. He says to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. The word bless, I think I've shared with this you before, but in Hebrew, the word bless actually means to get down on one knee and serve. And so God blessing us is God serving us and God speaking life to us. And the very first thing he did was to say, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. God's always blessing us. One of the ways that he expresses his love towards us is by speaking words of affirmation and love to us, by blessing us. The, the Bible says that, he, he, that in heaven, the, there's good words that are always being spoken over us. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, where it says that God has blessed us with every, in the spiritual realm with every spiritual blessing. The word there is eulogia, which means that he is speaking eulogy, good words about us. He's always speaking good things about us. He loves to bless us and he loves, and actually Psalm 67 says that the Lord would bless us and prosper us, that the whole world would know that he is God and he is good. And so I want to talk a little bit about that this morning in the time that we've got to, uh, together, that God loves to bless and actually he's put within us the very same power to, with our words to be able to bless and release life to those around us. One of my favorite, favorite scriptures is Proverbs 11, verse 11, when it says this, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. By the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. Do you want your city to be blessed? 
Do you want your business to prosper? Do you want your family to be blessed? Do you want this nation to be blessed? How do we do that? Do we want it to be exalted? Well, we do that by our own blessing, by our own power. Because we're carrying the image of God, we live, we're in the image of God, we carry his DNA. He's given us power in our words. Proverbs 18 says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. He's given you and I the ability to actually shape whether we live in a city that is a good city or a, neg or a bad city. He's given us the ability to frame and to, to, to see our city exalted by our power to speak blessing. And the same if it's for a city, it goes for a family and it goes to, for a nation. What you say has the power to shift atmospheres for the positive or for the negative because you're carrying the DNA of heaven, because you're carrying God's spirit on the inside of you. His desire is to be a blessing, to bless us. The means, one of the means that he's given us to bless those around us is by being a blessing. So he, he, in Genesis chapter 12, it's actually this arc all the way through scripture of God blessing and, and God wanting to bless people around in the world through his people. So Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to Abraham, who, who is um, one of the, the founding fathers, patriarchs of the uh, ancient Israel. Um, and he says to, he appears and he says to, to Abraham, he says, I'm going to bless you. Everybody that blesses you will be blessed. Everybody that curses you will be cursed. And through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. He made that promise to Abraham. Paul says in Galatians chapter three that the promise was actually made to Jesus. He was the seed that the promise came to. And now because we're in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit, Galatians chapter three, Paul says that we, um, that the gospel is the fulfillment of that and we now carry that same blessing that through you and I, every nation of the world will be blessed. And those that bless us will be blessed. Those that cursed us will be cursed and we carry the blessing of heaven. And you're called, you and I are called to be a blessing, which is to manifest the love of God all around us, to bring people into the fullness that God has for them and to lay out a place of safety and blessing for them. And we can do that through our words. It's a powerful, powerful thing. In John chapter, chapter 14, well, let me back up a minute. So in, in Genesis chapter one, we see in the, all, in the creation story that most of what God created, he created by speaking. Yes? Let, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Adam was formed from the dust of the ground. Eve was formed from, from Adam's side. But I think pretty much everything else, uh, as far as I can remember the story, is that it was God speaking his word and that coming into pass. Right, and it says actually in Genesis chapter 2 that God rested from his works. What were God's works? Well, God's works were his words. So scroll forward to, Gen uh, to um, John 14. Um, in John 14, round about verse 10, uh, Philip says to, 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 to Jesus, Jesus, show us the Father and everything will be okay. And Jesus goes, Philip, do you not know me? Have I not been with you all this time? How can you say, show me the Father? Do you not know that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? And then he says something really powerful, which is, I mean, that was already powerful, so, you know. 
for my point, he made something powerful. He said, um, he said, if you do not believe me, if you don't believe my words, believe me on account of the works, for it is the Father who in me, the words that I speak as the Father doing his works. You know, the works, sorry, the words of Jesus were the works of the Father. The works of the Father manifested through the words of Jesus. A lot of Jesus' miracles that he did, he spoke out, right? He said to the storm, be still. He said to the man, go and be cleaned. He said to the, the centurion's servant who was coming, your servant's been made well. He said to the little girl who was dead, little girl, I say to you, get up. Words being spoken, but those words carrying with it the weight of heaven, and the weight of heaven is the works of the, that. Those words were the works of the Father. So that it was the Father doing the works, but it was Jesus' words that were carrying, was the agent of those works. Does that make sense, right? You and I carry heaven within us because we've got Christ in us, who's the hope of glory. We carry the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the works that the Father does, what would it be? Is it possible that the works that the Father wants to do are your words? That he wants to use you in blessing, in speaking life to people to actually fulfill his works. There's more we can say about that in terms of healing and other things. But, but for this purpose, just to focus on the, the power of speaking blessing. Um, when we, if you've been around here for a little while, if you've done any kind of events, you all know that we really, really love the, the restaurant Aladdin's. Little shameless plug here for Aladdin's. Uh, Kareem, if you're watching, we love you, you're amazing. Um, so Aladdin's is a, a restaurant in Bry Creek, and um, uh, we, they're a Mediterranean restaurant, they do great food, and a, a, a few years ago, we, um, we, we do a lot of catering with them, and, and they came to deliver the food. It was the owner. And, uh, and I said to him, hey, would you mind if I, if, I, if I speak a blessing over you? And he's like, sure. I mean, who doesn't want to have a blessing, right? And so I, I just blessed him and, I, and I, blessed, I, I blessed his business. We blessed him to prosper, for his good customers, good staff, everything to go well. And just a very simple blessing and nothing too complicated about it. Uh, a f about a month later, he came back, because we were always ordering food there, apparently. And he, he came back, and uh, he said, hey, I want to let you know that things have shifted in my business since you prayed a blessing. That's good, isn't it? I don't say that to say, hey, look at me, I'm awesome. I say that to say that God loves to bless people. And he loves it when we speak blessing. He's actually mandated it. He said, by the blessing of the upright, the city would be exalted. He's actually put the power in your and my, yours and my mouth to speak life and blessing to people. His desire for us is that we speak blessing and therefore cause people to be blessed. Because he wants all men to come to know him. None should perish, but everybody should come to eternal life. And so his desire that he's put into us is the, is the, is the ability to speak life. Oh, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, uh, Jesus is, um, sends out the 72, his 72 uh, disciples. 
I'm going to just read from verse 1 to verse 12. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Just a very quick little aside. The 72, or your Bible might be a footnote that says 70. Uh, uh, Many commentators would say that the, the, the... at the end of the flood account with Noah, there's a list of nations. Those nations are either 70 or 72 nations. And, and, so, and that, that, that was what the ancient uh, Hebrews would say. That was where the world, those are all the nations of the world came from there. I think what Jesus is saying here by sending out 72 or 70 is he's saying, I'm going to, um, my expectation is that all the nations of the world will be reached and all the nations will be blessed. And so he sends people out two by two in team to every place as a prophetic declaration that all the world will be saved, every tribe, tongue, and nation. And then he says to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into, this, into his harvest. Just to pause for a minute. So actually, the Bible doesn't tell us to pray for the harvest. What the Bible tells us to do is to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send workers to the harvest. You are called and commissioned to be a worker in the harvest. Your words a part of the tools that God's given you to reap the harvest. He says, go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. In other words, be focused. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And, remaining in the, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is before you, heal the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Ed Silvoso helped us to see a progression in that, helped me anyway, to see a progression from blessing to fellowship to meeting felt need to preaching the gospel. But let's just focus on the blessing for a minute for this purpose, right? So the blessing, Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, peace be to this house. And if there's a man of peace there, your peace will rest upon you. What's just happened there, Jesus is saying, I'm expecting a divine exchange, I'm expecting from your words as you declare peace, I'm expecting if there's someone of peace there for your peace to come, for the glory, for the, for the peace of heaven to come and to rest upon that household. It's not just a, hey, just say peace because it's a nice greeting. It's a, there's a transfer that happens. Say peace and your peace will come. And then he goes on to say, and if they don't, receive your words, and there's, there's other consequences for them. In other words, Jesus is saying those words of peace, that word of blessing, is powerful and carries weight, carries the life of heaven. That's his desire for us, is to speak blessing. And not just another quick uh, look into um, Genesis chapter 27, just to back this point up, you don't have to turn there, but there's a story of Isaac and Jacob. Isaac is the recipient of the, uh, he's the uh, heir of the promise of Abraham. Isaac is his son, and he has a son called Jacob, another son called Esau. Jacob is the younger, he's a bit of a trickster. I think many of you would know this story. So he wants the blessing. So he tricks his, his dad into giving him the blessing. He dresses up in sheep's clothes because he's 
hairy and Isaac, uh, Esau was hairy. He dresses in Esau's clothes so he smells like him. He cooks his favorite stew. He goes in and he tricks his dad into giving him a blessing. And his dad gives him this blessing. He says, like, I'm gonna, oh, may you receive the dew of heaven, the oil of heaven. May your brother serve you. And may people, you, may you be a blessing and be the head over, 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 over everybody. And Esau comes in, so he releases that blessing. Esau comes in and he says, hey, is there no blessing left for me? And he's like, the, the, Isaac says, you know, it says that he trembled. And then he says, there's no blessing because I've given it all already. There's no way we can get, I can get it back. I've given him the oil and the wine. I've made him your, your leader. There's nothing left for you, son. Why? Because the power of the blessing that he just released was prophetic. It, didn't, it wasn't just words spoken. It was a reality that would come into play. It wasn't just words spoken. It had faith connected to it. It wasn't just words spoken. It actually released something that could not be undone. I bless you and there's nothing you can do about it. Because <laughs> when I give you the blessing, it can't be undone. Whew. And so these, it's, you know, so blessings, when we speak life and we speak in faith and we speak with the power of heaven, actually what we're releasing is life to people that can't be undone. So are you struggling in a work context? Do you have a boss that is diff you're finding difficult to relate to? Do you have some employees that you're struggling with? Do you have a need for more contracts because you don't have, an, you know, that you can see the work pipeline dripping, you know, shortening, getting empty? Do you have some challenges in your workplace, in your home, I should say, to do with family, to do with maybe some relationships in the wider family that you're experiencing, some difficulty or some setback? Maybe that, you know, you're worried, as many of us are, about what's going on in this nation and just the... the, the the violence and the, and the polarization and the, and the anger and the hatred. Maybe, you know, we worried about those things. Maybe there's things in your neighborhood that you're causing you concern or your school where, you're, you know, you're looking, you, you know, maybe you're at college or at high school and you know there's some things that are going on in that school where God really needs to break in. Here's one of the keys. One of the best ways that you can love your neighbor, you can love your school, you can love your business, you can love your country, is to speak blessing over it. It's to declare God's purpose and God's truth. Because what we're doing there is, 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 is we're bringing about a divine exchange. What we're saying is whatever's in the atmosphere that we're experiencing that's negative, we're actually going to bless in the opposite that's going to bring the purpose and the glory of heaven down and it's actually going to cause a shift in the atmosphere that's going to actually bring about transformation and the glory of God. One of the things I love to also do is to bless my spirit, to bless your spirits to bless people's spirits, to lead their emotions so that we live out of the spirit realm, not out of our emotion, and to fulfill, so that we can fulfill the purpose and the destiny and the calling that God has for us. God's given us power. God's given us works. Those works in part, it's not the complete story I know because there's so much more 
about love than just speaking it. Please don't hear me say that all we've got to do is just go around and bless everybody. That's a good start. That's a powerful thing. There's a story, um, there's a part in uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. In Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, Ezekiel has this vision of a valley of dry bones, symbolic of the people of Israel. And God says to him, he says, son of man, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel has the smarts to say, only you know God. And so God says to him, here's what I want you to do. Prophesy to the bones to come together. Prophesy that they shall live. And, so I, and then it says, so I prophesied that to the dry bones and there was a rattling and uh, the bones all came together and the flesh came upon the bones and those bones became people, but they had no breath in them. And so God says to Ezekiel again, he says, here's now what I want you to do. I want you to prophesy to the breath of God. Prophesy to the north and the south and the east and the west. Call the breath in. And so I prophesied to the, to the breath and the wind came and the army came alive and stood up on their feet, a mighty army, prophetically declaring what was going to happen to Israel coming back. But that's a story, that's a there written for each one of us written for us to say there are dry bones all around us. There are dry bones in Durham. There are dry bones in other universities. There are dry bones in Chapel Hill. There's dry bones in uh, Raleigh. There's dry bones in North Carolina. There's dry bones in the church. There's dry bones in this church. There's dry bones in America. There's dry bones everywhere. And God's saying the invitation is to prophesy, to declare, to speak life and say, dry bones come alive. I bless you to come alive. I bless you, Durham, to come alive. I bless the dry bones of Durham to come alive. Right? I want to invite you to stand, if you would, please. You might even, you know, I got convicted in the earlier service because I, I was thinking about my HOA. And I thought, yes, I have to even bless them. <laughs> All the rules that they lay on me in the land of the free, but I can't have my, but I can't have my house a certain way I like it. Anyway, don't get me started. <laughs> We're in the land of the free unless you're in an HOA, then you're up the creek. <laughs> but I even bless my HOA. So you have the power to bless, to bring a, a reverse to, to all of our circumstances. In fact, um, God says in Romans chapter 13 that we're to pray for our uh, government, and etc. So here's what I want to do to start with. I actually want us to bless the city of Durham. I know many of you don't live in Durham. You live in other places. You can bless your place that you live in as well. But we, as a church, this building is located in the county in the city of Durham. The mayor of Durham is Steve Shule. There's uh, a number of council members, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, including the mayor, that we want to, to bless. Okay, we want to bless the elected officials. There's uh, elections coming up shortly, actually. And then uh, we want to bless all of the employees, the police, the fire, the EL, um, EMS, and all of the employees of the city and the, the county of Durham. Can we do that together? We're doing it by faith, knowing that we're wanting to prosper them. We want to see them bless 
and we want to see righteousness and justice established as the foundation of government. And we want to see the, 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 uh, the blessing that comes upon them that is for our good. Because if they're blessed, we're blessed. That's what the Bible says. So just lift up your voices, if you would, and just start to speak a blessing. It doesn't have to be complicated. It could just be as simple as peace. We speak peace to Durham. But you have to speak out of that, okay? Just start to speak out peace. We bless you, Mayor Shaw. We bless the Chief of Police. We bless the Fire Brigade and all the, 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 chief, the Fire Chief. We bless the EMS. We bless all the employees uh, of the city and the county of Durham. We bless the judges. Uh, we bless uh, all of the judicial system. We bless the, the prisoners, the prison guards and, and the, the, uh, the governors of the prisons. We bless them in Jesus' name. We call forth the blessing upon Durham. We call, we bless every uh, citizen. We bless East Durham, Lord, and, and uh, Holloway Street and all of those places, all the, the homeless and the broken. We bless them in Jesus' name. We bless them. Ah, Lord, let your glory come. We bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless all of our officers uh, who serve us in the police. We bless them in Jesus' name. We ask that you keep them safe and that you would prosper them. Lord, we ask God that you would prosper Durham. You would prosper them in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that you would give great wisdom to Mayor Shul and the councillors, uh, the council men and women. Lord, uh, that their foundation of their government will be righteousness and justice, that they would rule for the benefit of the people. Lord, that your purpose and your kingdom would prevail. We bless them in Jesus' name. Would you cause Durham to prosper in the mighty name of Jesus? Kingdom of God come. And we speak to the dry bones of Durham. And we speak to the dry bones of Chapel Hill. We speak to the dry bones of Raleigh and all the counties. And we speak to the dry bones of North Carolina and this great uh, country of America. And we say, dry bones live in Jesus' name. Just lift up your voices. Just declare to the dry bones that they will live. Prophesy to the dry bones that they will live. Dry bones live. Think about the dry bones in your neighborhood, in your school. Prophesy to the dry bones. There's a story about the city of Buffalo in um, New York. I don't remember all of the details, but it was in its heyday back in the, you know, uh, with grain and other things back in the 40s and 50s or whenever it was. And it had a major decline. And there was a group of uh, church pastors and believers that got together and started to declare every morning, dry bones live. And I forget this, the exact number, but it's something like not, um, billion, not, it's billions, millions if not billions of dollars of investments that have come into Buffalo because the people of God started to declare dry bones will live. You know, we're waiting for revival. We're calling, God, we're calling for the Spirit of God to fall upon us, and we believe that, right? But we already carry the power of heaven on the inside of us as well. And what if part of revival is actually us speaking life everywhere we go and us declaring to dry bones, you shall live, and us speaking blessing over every body that we meet? I love to walk around my neighborhood and just pray blessing. Bless that family. Bless that family. Would you cause them to prosper? Love to go into restaurants and just bless them. Can I give you an assignment this week? You know, we're to be hearers of the word, not the doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, right? So here's an assignment for you. If you go out for, to, to lunch today in a restaurant, bless it. Just walk in and say, I bless this restaurant, peace be here. 
And then I want you, one of the other assignment is to bless your neighbors. Because in doing so, you're being like your heavenly daddy who wants all people to be blessed. And he's called you and I by the spirit that all people that come into contact with us will be blessed. That's his promise. Amen.